0: you Have your Bible. We're turning this morning for, to a couple of script, scriptures that I want to uh, reflect upon for a few moments today. Acts chapter three and and Psalms chapter sixty two. And while you're turning in your Bible this morning, or on your phone, I'd like to say, God bless you. We love you. You're an awesome group of people. You're the kind of people we want to go to heaven with. And we, and until we get there, we're going to have a good time in the journey of life. Many of you are. are are here this morning, and you're just an encouragement, you're a blessing. I'm going to t- take time to thank you for your awesome support to this church financially. Most of you know we have added a, uh, uh, another addition to our church family. We have a full-time youth pastor, an associate. That he and his family have brought awesome blessings to our church already. And I, I, in case you're here and you've never met Jared Cloud, I want Jared to stand this morning. Would you do that, Jared? How many are here you've never met Jared Cloud? Can I see your hand? One little girl, one older girl. Is that all? Well, I guess I'm wasting time. I'm never wasting time. How many have a prayer that's never been answered yet? Three? How many just aren't praying? I'm sorry I didn't. I didn't I'm just thinking out loud. I'm sorry. This, this man has, has an answer to our prayer. And he's came to this church to make a difference. And he's already made a difference in my life. And I want you to stretch your hand this way, and I want you just to keep your eyes open. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Everybody, every, everybody's got a hand. Come on, you don't have authorizeds in that right elbow. If you do, you raise your left one. Okay, there you go. You're doing great. And I want you just to repeat this prayer with me, Jesus. Oh, come on! I heard some of you at the ball game. Listen, this man, <laughs> this man has paid the sacrifice to move the ceiling. We went to Garber Friday night where his wife. Finished school, graduated, and, and that school, that whole town of Garber knows this gentleman. You know what the lady at the gate said? Which side are you setting on? <laughs> he said, well, I'm setting on ceiling side. She said, that'll be $7. <laughs> He's never paid uh, to go to one game until Friday night. Come on, let's get together. Dear Jesus, I release, I release heaven's best release heaven. upon our youth pastor, upon our associate pastor, May the blessings of the Lord overshadow him. And he's going out and he's coming in from this day and forevermore. And repeat this with me. And Lord, with your help, I'm really going to be good to this man. Oh, come on. Some of you didn't say that word. I know you meant it. I love you, Jared. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Looking to a portion of Scripture this morning that I want to uh, elaborate on for just a few moments, I'm going to talk to you about expectation. I don't know about you, but every day er, er, as I begin to prepare for Sunday morning, I begin to think about things that I can expect, the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. And and one of the things that I know, I, I expect His presence to be here every time that I come to the house of God you know why because we're carriers of his presence and we walk in his presence we're the temple of the Holy Spirit we're vessels we're clay jars but we're filled with his presence and everywhere we go we need to realize we need to allow the the elevator of our expectation to raise to the next level because God withholds no good thing from those that walk upright before him and to walk before him is to have high expectations how many know with my best friend, Jesus, there's nothing that's impossible for him? You know what he wants you to do? He just wants you to believe. I know you didn't get that. I'm going to move to this side of the building. All he wants you to do is believe. What does he want you to believe? Does he want you to believe that Donald Trump's going to be the best president America's ever had? Well, I didn't read that, but I really think that. Is my elevator going the right direction because I think our, that America's going to become great again? I believe that so much that I went to the poll and cast my vote. And you know what? The, the other thing that I know, without without Christ in our lives, we're of all people most miserable. Do you know a few miserable people in America this morning? Don't look at your wife; that wouldn't pay great dividends. I'm talking about the world. Listen, we're in, we're we're today we're we're facing things that we've never faced before. But I want you to know one thing, as you look at your impossibilities, I want you to real, look at them through the expectation that with God, nothing is impossible. And here's, here's what he says: He that comes to me must believe that I am, and that I am a rewarder of those that to seek you. seek me. He wants you to believe that he's going to reward you just for seeking him, and his goodness is not based on my performance, it's based on his word, what he's done for me. And that while I was yet a miserable, unlovable creature, he chose to die on the cross for my sins. Why wouldn't my expectation, if he could do that for me, then there's nothing that he can't do for you. So as we look at the, at the scripture this morning, I'd like to reflect upon something that's vitally important. I feel the Holy Spirit has just given to, to me. And the first five, five, four verses I'd like to just prayer, paraphrase with you today. The book of Acts chapter 3 verse 1 tells us about two men, Peter and John. They were going up to the prayer meeting that they held at the temple each morning. Nine o'clock was their prayer meeting time. Undoubtedly, they would just probably been to the Crooked Era or somewhere for a cup of coffee. They were all filled in with everything that was going on in the community. But on their way to the prayer meeting that morning, there was a gentleman that was laid at the gate called Beautiful. This gate you had to pass through to get to the temple. For years and years there had been a man that been, had been laid at that gate. And because he was helpless. He had been born, the Bible says, he had came from his mother's womb, an invalid. And therefore, being an invalid, being incapable of taking care of himself, his his own ability would not get him there. He had to depend on people to get him there. Why would he come to the gate called beautiful? Because in Bible days, the most generous people in all the world were people that knew how to pray. Can I say this this morning? Some of the most valuable people in my life are people that pray for me. And the factual fervent prayer of righteous people avails much. And we're not righteous because of what we've done. We're righteous because of what he's done. The Bible says my own righteousness and things that I've done, if I take credit for them, they're as filthy rags. But the righteousness of God, the proving that he loved us, the proving that he would allow his grace to impart, be imparted into my life and take away the sin load, represents the goodness of God and the grace of God. And as the gentleman was laid at the gate called Beautiful, Peter and John going up to the hour of prayer, may have spent their last dollar on a cup of coffee. I don't know. I I don't know what coffee cost then. May not have even been to a coffee shop. But I know as they got there, they saw this man in need. And knowing that their their situation was hopeless, they had no money in in the pocketbook. But can I ask you this this morning? What is there that you contain in your life that can't be bought with money? That other people can profit by. Can you buy encouragement? Can you buy love? Can you buy words of encouragement from that that only you can deliver? This gentleman had been carried to this gate because he was in need, and his need was for alms, money. That was the generosity. That was what the offerings were labeled in the in the Bible days. And this man, the Bible says in verse five, the the Crippled man, born from his mother's womb, a cripple. The Bible says, and he gave heed to Peter and John as he saw these men walking up the path unto them, and he said, expecting to receive something from them. It's what the fifth verse says. He gave heed. What did he do? He started looking at these men. His expectation was, these men can help me. The question is, will they help me? The same question goes to all of us today. We can help people. We can help make a difference in our community. We can help our own family by praying for them. We can help people with things that aren't even bought with silver and gold. But the crippled man knew that his greatest need was to buy bread to satisfy his hunger. He also knew that he had friends that could carry him to the gate and not forget him, but that when the evening time set, they would come and get him and carry him back to his home. This day was different in this. Triple man's life there was something about expectation undoubtedly it was rolling in his life but as he looked at, at Peter and John just two normal guys that realized they needed to pray he looked on, on them that day expecting to receive something and Peter and John Peter said sorry bub we don't have a dime to our name but we've got something we want to share with you. And here's what they shared. The first thing they shared was a helping hand. And they said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. What motivated this? I have, to real, I have to believe that the expectation in a crippled man's life could have motivated the Holy Spirit to say, this is your day. And the Holy Spirit has the same ability to all of us. No matter how crippled we may be in our spirit, and our flesh, maybe you're, you're, you're dealing with things in the, in the physical. Maybe the doctor's giving you a bad report, and it just seems like it's hard for your expectation to be where it needs to be. Can I say this? With God, nothing is impossible. Do you have God in your equation today in life? Have you factored Him in to the, the, to the fact that with Him... He is the one that can do things that silver and gold cannot do for your life. That day was a different day in this man's life. And Peter said, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, we want to give it to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And then Peter not only said, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to pray for you. But here's what he got. He puts his faith into action. And he lended lend a helping hand. And the and crippled man raised to his feet and they began to dance. Let me ask you something. Would there be something to dance about if that had been you? Would there have been something to shout about if that had been you? And not only did he he lift him up and immediately his ankles and his feet received strength, but something else happened. He followed them to their destination. Where was their destination? Prayer meeting. Let me ask you something. What would it take to motivate you and I this morning to be as excited as, as this man did to go to prayer meeting? I don't know. I can't answer all the questions today. I'm just your shepherd. I'm just your, I'm just your table server. But, you know, I, I, I just looked at this scripture, and there's something about it that speaks to my life this morning. And I just, in my own life, I just say many times, it's my expectation and the elevator of my life where it needs to be. And only I can decide. The Bible says, let a man examine himself. And so I'm not your examiner this morning. I'm just your encourager. And I wanted you to know this morning, no matter where you're at in the journey of life, you need people just like I need people. We need Jesus first and foremost, and then we need one another. And you say, well, I, you know, I'm where I'm at because I worked hard. I, I sacrificed to get where I'm at. You may have. But we're where we're at through the precious blood of Jesus and the redemptive power of his blood. And Jesus wants to walk inside of every one of us, no matter where we're at in the journey of life. And he wants us to co- continue to be encouraged, knowing that this is not the end. That our expectation can go from where it's at to where it needs to be. Because when we come to Jesus, he wants us to believe that he is. And then he is also a rewarder of those that will diligently seek him. Hallelujah. Diligently, How do we seek the Lord? Sometimes I just seek the Lord like this. I'm driving nearly every day. I can look across that steering wheel every day, and I can say, Lord, I just thank you today. I just thank you that I'm not riding alone this morning. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And every now and then, there's a black and white car that zips by me, and I look down, and I say, oh, thank you, Jesus. And then I look at the mirror with great expectation to see if there's going to be any forgiveness you know we're we're all we're all guilty of some. You know our expectation sometimes is really good, but we want to just look to make sure it's working, don't we? Yeah. We all are human. Sometimes it's worked for me. Sometimes it hasn't. But here's what Jesus wants you to do. No matter where you're at, He says, "Be of good cheer." You know, if you're happy this morning, you're in a minority of this world. And happiness isn't everything, but it, it's an expression of the inner man inside of us. No matter what we're going through, God wants to give us strength to make it through. We're just passing through. We need one another. Jesus says, by this shall all men know you're my disciples if you love one another. Isn't that simple? Yet challenging? Have you noticed anybody, don't raise your hand, have you ever noticed if we can just process this at home, the rest of the day goes pretty good? I guess I'm at the wrong congregation. Yes. Expectation. What, can I just ask you a question this morning? What are you expecting Jesus to do in your life today? Have you thought about this? What have you in your life that's needful, that's beyond your reach today, that it would be awesome if Jesus would walk into your life and make a way where there seems to be no way? Maybe your marriage is suffering uh, an attack to the enemy, and the enemy has you in the crosshairs of his scope, and he wants to take your marriage out. Jesus says, be of good cheer. I've taken care of it. Just believe. Just believe me. Just believe me. If you'll do what I ask you to, just believe me. And then the instruction follows me. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Where is your expectation? Maybe financially. Maybe you're you're just a, your back is against the wall. Just just seems like you just can't get ahead. What if Jesus would just walk into your life today and just make a way? Maybe He would give you a better job. Maybe He would give you an increase in your in, in your in your wages. Maybe He'd just do something that wasn't even expected. Maybe the IRS would just send you back all of your returns that you uh, didn't think you owed last year. Boy, that brings quietness, doesn't it? What if? Have you ever processed those two words? What if? What if? What if? What if? What if I just raised my expectation this morning? Maybe there's somebody in your your life that's their their life is just their life is just miserable, and when you get around them, they make your life miserable. What if God just gave you the right words to cause them to make an about face and turn their life to Jesus? What if your best friend that walked out on you, the Holy Spirit just ministered to them this morning and said, You made a mistake. You return and be what my word says you can be. And if you're that individual, we process life through the word of God, not what we see. What we see so many times is so discouraging. But when we look at God's word. And hide God's word in our heart. When we take time to meditate on God's word and, and become what His word says we can become, our expectation can believe that God is in the process of changing all of us. But never forget, God wants you to know His love is without boundaries. Let me draw some thoughts this morning from in order to position yourself, or in order for the, the beggar to, to position himself for a miracle. He had to depend on other people, didn't he? We've already covered that. He had to be carried. Can I ask you this? Or just let me state it from my own point of view. Pride will always be your enemy when it comes time for you and me to depend on other people. Pride. Boy, do I know that well. I wish I had never met Brother Pride. Why. He's, awesome. he, he's, a, he's an awesome enemy. Pride never stopped the process of the lame man. He was ready to be carried to the gate. He was ready when the sun set for somebody to come and get him and carry him home. Listen to me. If pride is keeping you from the blessing of God, or if pride is keeping you from allowing your elevator to rise this morning, I can give you the antidote for pride, and it's prayer. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And we all deal with that, that every day. My people. We're talking about the Christian people. Humbling ourselves doesn't come normal. It comes through disciplining ourselves with the word of God. Humbling ourselves and pray seek his face and turn from our wicked ways listen prayer will never change anything until you allow it to first change you and prayer changes me every day the first thing it 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 changes in my mindset my attitude the first thing that the the prayer does is it read it refocuses me to look on the source of my blessing rather than the source of my challenge and believe you me Our destination is determined by what direction we're looking today. So we we all get caught up in despair. We all get caught up in the plague uh, of of wants and needs. We all get caught up in the what-ifs. But listen to me. I have good news to share with you this morning. God's Word will focus you on the things that He's prepared for you. And He's not slack concerning any of His promises. And some men count slackness. But the Bible says He suffered a long time just to get it to you and me prayer changes he wants to change us he wants to develop us and the scripture says that back to the lame man he was born with his affliction are you here this morning and you've been born with an affliction maybe it's an affliction that you've never shared maybe it's an affliction that you know you have maybe it's maybe it's a disability that's just kept you in the closet and you've you've not wanted anybody to know about it this man's affliction was very visible We all have invisible afflictions. One of the most deadly invisible affliction is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will keep us from heaven. The Bible says if we're not willing to forgive, neither will our Heavenly Father forgive us our sins. And it's affliction. It's a fiery dart that the enemy shoots at all of us every day, and he wants to bring our remembrance back to the time when somebody did. dealt us a death blow and tried to take us out or cripple us or call us out and make us make us uh, think that we've lost all of our credibility in this life. Other invisible afflictions are lust and greed and malice and anger and some of those things we just Do everything we can to, oh, we want to put on the garment of praise. We want to cover it all up. But can I say this? We all need somebody else. We need somebody to talk to every day. And his name is Jesus. Have you ever thought about the scripture that says, uh, confess your faults one to another, that you may be converted? Confess your faults one to another. Let me ask you this. How many friends do you have? that you could just trust with your deepest fault. I see the thought wheels rolling. Do I have one? Do I have two? Listen, I can tell you one thing. You can talk always talk to Jesus because he never shares your dirty laundry with anyone. And can I say this, God wants to put people in your life that you can trust. God wants to put people in your life. So when you're frustrated, when you're down and out, this friend knows how to maybe not sympathize, but knows how to encourage you. There's a difference. Listen, listen, none of us need sympathizers. If you're a sympathizer this morning, change clothes, get your garment of praise on, and become an encourager. Job doesn't need comforters. Scripture says this lame man was born with affliction from his mother's womb. Now he's a grown man. And he still has this affliction till one day two praying men came his way. And you know what? His life was forever changed because of the praying people that knew they had Christ in them, the hope of glory. I'm going to say this this morning. Quitting is a never never a part of the equation. If we if we lean by our feelings, there's every day, especially on Monday, we'd like to just throw in the towel and quit. Two of us. Quitting. Listen, the 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 beggar that was lame went every day. Do you think that he went discouraged, defeated, and thinking he was going to come home without somebody helping him? He would never have gone back the second day had he entertained that thought. That's my that's my belief. But there was some. God believe God just sent somebody every day to lend a helping hand, and I know this this morning. God sends people our way every day to lend a helping hand. And as we think about this for a moment, who's walked into your life that's just said the right thing the past few days? That's encouraged you. Maybe they said you really look nice today. Maybe they said. I really think you're doing great. Maybe they said this, I really like what I see happening. I like what's coming down the road. There are men in this building this morning. Their businesses are blessed because they honor God. They come to the house of the Lord. They honor God with their life, and they're givers, and they, and they give themselves not only to financially, but they give themselves in being a friend to people that are less fortunate than you and I. I want to take a moment and re, relate to a gentleman his name was Derek Redmond, who was involved in the 19, 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona, Spain. He was favored to win. The British 400-meter world record holder was 300 meters into the run when an unexplainable event took place. His right hamstring snapped, but his determination didn't quit, and he finished the 400 meters with a father's love and support will ever, forever be remembered in the Olympic history because he accepted a helping hand. Watch as this is presented. The help of a loving father. The help of a loving father. You know, I have to say I probably wouldn't be here today if I hadn't had one of the greatest dads that ever lived. I probably wouldn't be here today if, if my spiritual dad had not put people in my life to encourage me when I was thinking about checking out. In fact, about 20 years ago when we got in the church van and rode to Phoenix, Arizona, nobody in the van knew that I was thinking about checking out. I just felt like I had I'd fought a good fight. Things just hadn't happened like I thought it would, and I just thought, well, you know, uh, somebody else can do it better than I and on the way to Phoenix that that year, I was just meditating. If this is good, if this is the end, how am I going to make this this transition in a peaceful, and acceptable way? But as I was seated on on the pew in First Assembly, Tommy Barnett walks to the pulpit that Sun that that uh, Monday night or Tuesday morning, and he said, "There's somebody in the building today that uh, you know you're thinking about checking out. You're you just feel like." Your ministry's over. You've done all you can do, and you're just thinking about letting somebody else take it from from here. He said, I've got news for you. I want you to take that thought and discard it, and I want you to realize that God's going to send you home with a new dream and a new vision, and I, God's going to speak to you while you're here at pastor's conference, and it's going to make a difference when you get home. And he said, I'm not expecting you to do what First Assembly in Phoenix does. They 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 had so many... Buses parked in the parking lot. They had to rent buses to get people off the streets and into that building on Monday night, which was was their first evangelistic outreach. It was an awesome thing to see those buses. People from the ghettos of Phoenix would get off those buses, and I watched people scream as they made it to the altar of prayer and gave their heart to Jesus. It was such an awesome encouragement. He said, you know, don't look and see what we're doing. Let God show you something that nobody else is doing in your congregation and then I want you to leave here and say, God, with your help, we'll make a difference. It was on the pew that day, Craig and Linda, Brent and Carolyn, I don't know who all was there. But, and they didn't even know what I was thinking. But that day, God spoke to my heart, and Powerhouse Kids came into existence. And I look back after 20 years, I think about the rib dinner. We started out with 20 pounds, and we probably had 15 pounds of meat left over after that first rib dinner. And then I think about Thursday night when 400 or 400 plus pounds of ribs will be smoked. Uh, just to just to help pay uh, for the budget of the uh, Powerhouse Kids bus ministry. I, th- I think, you know, many times, Lord, I'm still glad that you speak. I'm still glad in discouraging moments you lend a helping hand. I- I'm sure glad that you don't discard us because we get discouraged and defeated sometimes. But you always send somebody to walk into our life and say, "You're worth it." God's not through; He has something else He wants you to do. And maybe you're here this morning, and maybe maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's maybe it's the job you're on, maybe it's maybe it's just life as, as usual. And you're, you're just you're just fed up with the the situation that you're living, and you you're just you just don't know which way to turn. The reason you're here this morning is you're here because I want to tell you God has a greater plan than what you have. But you've got to open the door of your life and invite him in. And one of the greatest things we 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 must do is lift the flag and say, God, if you can see my hand, look beyond my hand and see my heart, I really need you. God is a present help in time of need. And all he wants you to do, he's standing at your heart's door, according to the last book of, of the Bible, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And here's what he's saying this morning. Even to Christian people, I want to, have an invitation into your life? Would you be big enough to open the door? Would you lay aside the pride and accept the fact that you really need help and you really need it bad? Friend, I don't know about you, but we all need help, and we all really need it bad this morning. God wants you to realize that this isn't over; it's a new beginning. I believe, I see, in my expectation, there's a breakthrough coming to Northwest Oklahoma. If eventually it's coming, why not now? And if it's going to come to Northwest Oklahoma, why not let it come to Elm Grove? Why not let this be the springboard for the things that God has prepared for those that love Him? And I can tell you, there's enough people in this building to change the whole area of Northwest Oklahoma. Number one, you know how to pray. Number two, you know how to love. Number three, you know how to forgive. And with God's help, we know all know how to forget. Could I just ask you this morning in the closing moment of this message today? What is there in the waste basket of your life that many times just plagues you? And maybe there's some some people in your life that just continue to remind you about the trash of your life at one time. Why don't you just make a decision this morning? Lord, with your help, I'm forgiven. It's forgotten, and in my life, I'm going to also practice the same thing. Lord, I'm not going to dig in that trash can. I'm not going to allow the enemy to dig in my trash can because you've got a future for me, and I'm not going to let the hours of the past discourage or defeat me because my elevator is going up with great expectation of knowing that you're who you are, and you'll do what you said you'll do. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Lord, I just can't thank you enough for the great opportunity that you've given us to share in Northwest Oklahoma. This is the greatest place, this side of heaven, and it's all because we're in the center of your will. I just want to thank you this morning for this awesome congregation that's gathered here today. And I just pray, Lord, that some way, somehow, Lord, to to the discouraged, to those that see no way out, Lord, let them realize there's a there's a button of their elevator that, with the power of the holy spirit it will enable them to allow the elevator of their life to go up and not down their expectation can ride in that elevator and the and the charge has been paid for by the blood of jesus and this morning this morning in the morning hours of this sunday morning lord i release the power of an omnipotent god over this entire congregation Lord, to those that are filled with despair, that just don't know how things are going to work out, let them realize there's scriptures in the Bible that tells us how it's going to work out. With your help, it's going to work out for good, not because we deserve it, but because you love us. Lord, to those that are gripped with fear this morning, Lord, to those that are just afraid, they're they're afraid to take another step because they don't know the outcome, it was a psalmist David that said, Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because I know you're with me, Lord. I know you're with me, Lord. You said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Lord, you're with me. In the nighttime hours, Lord, you said you, you were with me. Lord, today, today, we need your help. We're reaching out for help this morning. We're reaching out for help, Lord may we be engulfed with the power of the Holy Spirit to delay, enable us to rise up with wings as eagles, to run and not be weary, and to walk in that faint. And if there's those in this congregation that's never accepted the plan that you have for their life, Lord, let them realize there's not a greater time of meeting you like meeting you at your house this morning. Lord, today, today, to that one that's afflicted, to that one today who has a, 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 a an issue With their health, Lord, may the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, flow through every vein in their life this morning. And may the infection of disease, the infection of their infirmity be taken care of through the power of the blood of Jesus. We ask all this in your name, we pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I was thinking about another scripture just before I closed my Bible. About a lady with an issue of blood. She'd heard that Jesus was coming. She'd had an issue of blood for over 20 years. She'd spent all the money she had and hadn't got better. She had gotten worse. But in the silence of her thought life, she began to meditate on something that became stronger and stronger and stronger in her thought life. And here's what she was thinking as she heard the crowds of Jesus and the roaring of their voices as they were following Jesus, cheering him on blessing him, she was in the quietness of her thought process thinking, if I can but just touch the hem of his garment. If I can but but just touch the hem of his garment. In the silence of her thoughts, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garments, I will be made whole. This issue of blood had gone on for 20 years. I don't know about you, but 20 years would be a long time to go with an infirmity like a blood issue. The crowds got closer. She knew Jesus was drawing closer. And she began to push her way through the crowds. The things that obstructed her from getting to Jesus didn't really matter because she stayed focused. Her expectation was not on the crowd. It was upon Jesus. And as she made her way through the crowd that day, She just kept in the silence of her expectation. She just kept retaining these thoughts. If I can but just touch his garment, he doesn't have to call my name. He doesn't have to lay his hand on me. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She was a believer. Nowhere does it say she was a a spiritual person. It doesn't say where she had, had been a member of any church. She just believed when she heard Jesus was coming by, he had an answer to her life problem. And when she pushed through the crowd and she laid her hand on, on the garment that Jesus was wearing, Jesus stopped in his tracks and he turned to the crowd and he said, Who touched me? And the crowd's roaring. What a stupid question to ask when you've got thousands of people pushing, trying to get close to you. What, what an outrageous question. No, he said, This touch was different. When this, when this person touched me, something happened. There was a surge of energy that went out of my life. I know there's somebody in the crowd that touched me. There's somebody in this crowd this morning. Maybe you're here you can touch him. Maybe it's in the silence of your thinking this morning. Nobody knows what you're thinking, but Jesus, he knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. Listen, listen, listen. All he's saying is that in all your ways acknowledge me and I'll direct your path would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning can I ask this question are there those in the building you're not saved you've never invited Jesus into your life and as every head is bowed every eye is closed let me ask you you're here this morning you know that you're not a believer but you know you need to be could I see your hands while we wait just a moment raise them up high so I can see them and then you can put them back down anyone anyone while we wait question number two are you here this morning and you really need for Jesus to walk into your life you've just kind of expected that this is your expectation is just this this is probably as good as it's going to get and I'm just going to have to be satisfied with where I'm at Maybe you've prayed, maybe you've trusted the Lord, and maybe your answer hasn't come. But this morning, you're going to just simply say, I'm going to raise my hand, and this is going to be the sign. I'm reaching out for help this morning, Pastor. I need help. I need somebody. And it's all right if it's Jesus. And if it's not Jesus, He can send somebody into my life that can bring a miracle that I need. Can I see your hands while we wait just a moment? Oh, God bless. God bless the hands that are going up in this building this morning. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you this morning. Right where you're at, I want you to take the hand of your neighbor this morning. There's nothing like a hopeless and despair position in life. My family and I know how despairing life can get. That's a reason I get so intense sometimes when I talk about despair. I want to talk about expectation. I want to talk to you about where you can go with God's help. I want to talk to you about what God can do when you get there. And this morning I just sense he wants to put his arms around you. And he wants to say, you don't, you don't have to go for second best. I want to carry you across the finish line. I want to be to you a father figure. I want to know you can trust me. If you, if you have a problem before you finish, cross the finish line, I'm going to be there to carry you cross. You've joined the hands of your neighbor this morning. I want to pray for this congregation today. Sherry and I are, are agreeing. The Bible says, where any two shall agree is touching anything, it shall be done. Every crowd this size has multiple needs. But no matter what the need may be, His grace is sufficient. And I want you to begin to silently think about what I've just said. No matter what your need may be, God's grace is sufficient. It's made perfect in our weakest hour. And our response in the weakest hour is, God, I need your help. I'm open to you this morning. I need your help. Come into my life this morning. Renew the right kind of a spirit in my life. Lord, give me the strength that it takes to cross the finish line so that we can all say, as the Apostle Paul says, as he was crossing the finish line of life, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. And I've stayed on course. So I know there's a reward waiting for me, not only for me, but for all those that love the Lord. Now let's pray. Father, I lift up this congregation this morning. Lord, you see the needs. I look on the outside, outward appearance, but you look on the heart this morning. Lord, I just sense in my spirit there's something in the miraculous that you want to do for some folks in this congregation this morning. I speak restoration over the part of the congregation where the enemy has came to steal, kill, and destroy. I speak restoration over that family today, whether it be financially, spiritually, or physically. Lord, I speak a restoration over those, Lord, who became so discouraged that their relationship with you is on the back burner this morning. Lord, may the fire of the Holy Spirit rekindle in them the love for Jesus, because you're the only thing that matters this morning. For those that are going through the valley of the shadow of death, their dreams have died, their dreams are shattered this morning. They're so shattered, they don't even really care whether they're here or there. I lift up those people this morning, Lord. In a multitude of moments of quietness across this congregation, I speak a lifting of their spirit today. I break the spirit of heaviness off of those in this congregation who's carried a load that's so undeserving when the Bible says you've came to carry our loads for us. Lord, we just relieved, we're just we just relieved this morning for the awesome privilege May we leave here this morning with our expectation on you. Not on our circumstances to change, but let our expectation be upon you because you're our source of strength. And as the psalmist said in Psalms chapter two, sixty-two, Lord, I wait upon you for my expectation is from you. I wait upon you this morning. We wait upon you as a congregation this morning. We wait in our quietness today, in our quietness for morning. We wait upon you, Lord. Would you just show up in your own gentle way today? Bind up the brokenhearted. Set at liberty those that are held in captivity so that they too can proclaim this is the acceptable day of the Lord. We give all the praise to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's family said, amen, look at me, would you? Everybody take a deep breath, would you? Everybody take another deep breath, would you? That breath that we took is borrowed from the Lord. Guess what? You breathe in to your nostrils the breath of God this morning. Now he wants you to allow that to cultivate an attitude of gratitude, and he wants you to leave here encouraged. How's that? Is that good? Is that good? Put your hands together and say, God, that's good. That's good. God, that's good. God, that's good. God, that's good. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you need special prayer, please come forward. We'll wait until the auditorium is empty before we leave the front.